Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cinema Rag. This is Gregory. And this is May. And today we're going to do Tom Cruise Part 2, which is going to stretch a little into the 21st century. We're going to start in 1990 with Days of Thunder and go to Minority Report. And I would say definitely, of course, watch Part 1 where we talk about young fledgling Tom Cruise. I feel like May, this is his full adult growth Tom Cruise. We're at 80s Tom Cruise. He's like learning to walk he's he's getting his feet so to speak and he's he's almost reached like early 20s by the his the late 80s cruise where he's demonstrating his talent but to me 1990 to 2003 is peak tom cruise in terms of looks and him trying really hard and trying different roles what's your take you didn't say that last time, Gregory. You said last time that it was the 80s decade where he was really at his peak in terms of his looks. Well, so I think you changed your mind there a little bit there, buddy. Well, I think that late 80s cruise is starting the peak of cruise. That's when he starts to do Scorsese, Color of Money, Oliver Stoneborn, the 4th of July, Rain Man. In terms of looks, I don't know. I'm partial. Again, we talked about Brad Pitt. If I had to go gay, it's Troy and Legends of the Fall. I think Cruz looks best with long hair. So kind of like <laughs> Night and Day, Mission Impossible 2. I don't know. You're the woman. What, what, what's your piece? Oh, no, no, no. I hate the long hair. I hated okay. him in Legend when he had long hair. And, you know, I do like Magnolia, his role in that movie. But I He's got long hair. Long He's hair. got long hair. So I I don't really approve of the long hair, though. I, I do approve of the the crew cut Top Gun look. Okay. But I do think he's at his peak in terms of roles and looks in his 30s. So, so you yes. agree. So you agree. I do you agree, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now. My one of my top five favorite movies of the last 40 years is going to be in this period. So it's a Tom Cruise 90s to 2003 movie. I want you to guess right now what you think it is. Well, I said last time that I loved Eyes Wide Shut. And so that's I your think take. You, you actually agreed with me on that. <clears throat> so that is your, your guess. Yes, Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. Let's start. Let's get to 1990. We did talk a little about Days of Thunder at the end of last one, but Days of Thunder, that's where he meets his future second wife, Nicole Kidman. I think this is an entertaining movie. I like Tony Scott. Hot take. I think maybe Tony Scott, his movies are more entertaining than Ridley Scott, his brother. But I think it's a great movie. And Kidman's yeah. got the chubby face and the Aussie accent. But it's it's Cruise, top, it's, it's top gun in a car. That's how I look at it. What do you think? Of it? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say, actually, was that this is Top Gun material. Um, he's at his most masculine, his most bravado um, self. Um, and you're right about Tony Scott doing the, the masculine type movies, especially with uh, Man on Fire, I think. 
um, with Denzel Washington. But um, yeah, I, I do think that this is just all about him, his character, and it kind of mirrors, I think, his real life too. His trying to be on top of everything, on top of his game, and on top of Hollywood as well. And I think he's really getting into Scientology here hmm. as well. Hmm. And as far as uh, Nicole Kidman, she's very pretty in this movie. And this is the first movie they ever starred in. And they have, they do have a lot of chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe so. All right. All right. We'll talk about that when we get, when we get through the three movies that they do together. Most okay. people became familiar with her in this movie. I remember her with the Sam Neill movie, Dead Calm. Oh, is, I love that movie. Isn't it great? Yeah. Oh, that is a sexy movie. That, that is peak. <laughs> who, who is peak in that movie? Who's still peak Billy movie? Zane. Billy Zane is amazing. <laughs> people think of Zane in Titanic. He's great in oh, Titanic. No, this Forget is Titanic. Yes. Dead Calm is his movie. Man. Dead Calm is amazing. You guys have to watch it if you've ever seen it. All right, let's oh, move yeah. on because we got a lot of movies to go through in 30 minutes here. Okay. So, All right, 1992 is a big year for him. He's got Far and Away and A Few Good Men. Far and Away. This is Ron Howard still at his peak. This is the movie where he and Kidman reunite again. Of course, they're married and they play Irish immigrants. And it's essentially kind of a pioneering movie. It starts, she's upper crust Irish aristocracy and he's poor. Then they come across together and he kind of is her slave or servant, but eventually they fall in love. And they it, it, it's all about their experience in New York. Probably most famous scenes here is, is Cruz's boxing. You know, he's all cut for his boxing scenes. Eventually they, they move out to Oklahoma and they're falling Oklahoma Sooners. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you would know this given that's where you're from. And then eventually yeah. the movie ends with them getting some land and um, just unrealistically a horse falls on him and he somehow <laughs> survives that and can walk. But what's your take? What's your remembrance of this movie? I just remember the scene in the barn, the barn and, and she's got the uh, pitchfork, I believe. And yeah. she wants to, to stab him with it. But of course he's not going to let her. And then of course, the, I think they end up having whatever having whatever kind of scene later but, yeah, on I, 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 later well, on they don't have they don't have sex yet this is when he's still a, a servant so this is like oh, the I see. scene. Okay. they don't start doing it until they get to the states so the pitchforks oh. they're still in ireland okay well with that though that's the beginning of some really hot chemistry there i believe yeah I, I think hot take i think that i think this movie has their most believable chemistry yes I, I I I agree with you on this actually. Far and away is his first attempt to kind of do a, a a foreign accent. And you know, again, we have to give credit to Cruz. He goes all in his roles, especially in his first 25 years. His Irish accent, eh, you know, it's okay, but at least he's trying. What do you think of his accent or what do you remember about his I accent? Think it's a decent accent. I don't think it's perfect, of course, but he does try. And I think he succeeds overall with the accent, yeah. And I think this is his first movie where he uh, he's doing a, a, an accent. So. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think he's, at this point, he's probably really fallen uh, fallen for his wife oh. in real life. So sad what happens. All right, yeah. 92, Few Good Men. 
This is classic. We have written by Aaron Sorkin, which is a great, great director at that time. Uh, I'm sorry, great writer. He did it all later on. He wrote Social Network and, and uh, West Wing. And then it's directed by Rob Reiner, who's at his peak. This movie's probably right. most remembered for you can't handle the truth, you know. And, 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 right. Uh, and uh, I Nick, love it. Yeah. I think that this is almost like a play. I think it might have been based on a play. Yes. Yes. It but, was um, based on a play. Yes. Yeah. And I do think that you had mentioned Demi Moore and he not having any chemistry, but they do in a way. They're, they're, they do as buds, you know, because Demi Moore is kind of almost like a, a guy in this flick. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that he and uh, who else is in this film? Jack Nicholson, Bacon, of course. Bacon, Bacon plays the, uh, the the counter prosecutor. Yeah, but of course. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson's terrific in this film, too. Yeah. Um, and also uh, Kevin Bacon is very good, too, playing the the. I believe the prosecutions. Um, yes. Yeah, the prosecution side. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it just has so many great lines in this film. And I think that he looks great in uniform, of course. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he's sort of the son of a, another lawyer. And he's not really well respected by Nicholson at all. And so he hates it when uh, Tom Cruise um, doesn't salute him or doesn't address him the way he wants to be addressed and then the, there's a time during the trial where jack nicholson calls him son and then tom cruise responds i am not your son or something like that well that's the strategy is cruise cruise is trying to get under his skin so he will lose the the, the decorum that he has and, right. and, and flub up and yeah. it, it works cappy that's his strategy and it works and so you look, you look at Cruz. Cruz is like, you know what? I'll do a movie with Paul Newman, hold my own. Yeah. You know what? I'll do a movie that gives gives Dustin Hoffman an Oscar because part one, hot take, Cruz is and, better than Hoffman in that. And he and will do a movie like, you know with what? Jack Nicholson too, where he usurps Jack Nicholson. I think so. <laughs> well, at least he he holds his own for sure in the court scene, and I think it's electric when you watch that. I mean, that scene mm -hmm. is just so good. It's Top-notch Nicholson gets Academy Award for this, and you're looking at peak Cruise, and he's yeah, amazing and charismatic in this movie. He's great. Oh I mean, yeah, and he's and he's cute. He's handsome. He's all right. Yeah, I know. I know women love men in their uniforms. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Demi Moore and him. I don't know. I, I don't think he's got chemistry with pretty much any female lead. I mean, we'll we'll keep talking about that. his wife. Yeah, yeah, I mean, far and away. But all right, 1993. Exactly. He's got the firm. This is based on John Grisham's novels when every John Grisham novel was being adapted mm -hmm. into a movie. Um, this has got, uh, what's, what's her face? Jean Triplehorn, very Jean young, Triplehorn. very attractive, Jean Triplehorn. And it's got just a great, like that guy, a lot of that guys in this movie. When you look at the actors <laughs> in it, what's your take on this? How long has it been since you've seen this movie? It's been probably about the time when I last saw okay. it in the theater, probably okay. almost. Well, and I, I don't really think he has any chemistry with Gene Triplehorn at all. Yeah. And it, that's just the way it's supposed to be, though, according to the book. 
So you've read the book? Yeah, she's really not a big part of the hmm. book, really, because they do separate. So I just um, think that you could cast somebody that he's got some chemistry, but that's always been the problem with Cruz is that he's he's essentially making love to the screen every time he's in a movie, and he just kind of neglects the the female leads he has. And we'll talk about one of his more iconic female leads in in, in this section, but. Cruz is like I, so busy making love to the screen that he yeah. just doesn't have chemistry with women. I, a lot of times I think that's true. I, I do think that's true. But he does have a lot of chemistry with his second ex-wife, uh, Nicole Kidman. So, I, I would say but, it's but I, I, I do think that the film, The Firm, is disappointing compared to the book. The book is so much better. and um, But it's a, it's a good... A uh, box office run for him, I think. Oh, no doubt. Like look, box look, look who's in this. Hackman, Wilford Brimley's got a great role, Gary Busey, David Strathairn, Ed Harris. I mean, this is like a lot of that guy. Holly Hunter plays the secretary, kind of steals the movie. But as a whole, I don't, it's not like in my top 10 of I'm going to go back and watch it. I did watch it probably like two years ago. And it's just Cruz, cruising on his charisma, like we talked about in part one. I don't think there's anything really and special. If we're going to compare Grisham movies, I think A Time to Kill is his best book and his best movie uh, adaptation. So I, I think that uh, McConaughey makes a much better Grisham hero. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, right. I, mean, I haven't read any of the Grisham novels, but I do like A Time to Kill. And I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll probably do a McConaughey thing later on, but I still remember Samuel L. Jackson in... Uh, in that scene, he's like, he, he deserved to die. You know, that's his, and then I remember Jackson was upset because they cut a lot of scenes in that movie, and he mm -hmm. really thought he should have gotten nominated for Academy Award. And oh, he, really? He wow. was angry with the director because he cut so many scenes, he felt it undercut his ability to get nominated. Wow. But either way, all right, 1994, Interview with the Vampire. We talked about this in Brad Pitt Part mm -hmm. 1. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on Brad Pitt. What is your take on Lestat? Because I remember when this movie came out, we were both in college. It was like, oh my God, they they casted Cruz to be Lestat. Can he pull yeah. this off? Do you think he pulls this off? I do think so. And I agree with the the author, Anne Rice, that she, she also thinks that he pulled it off as well. And that uh, he, he even... You know, he he courts so many different people in this film. He courts Kirsten Dunst. He courts Brad Pitt. He courts Antonio Banderas. He courts almost, you know, everybody, you know, as far as uh, drinking their blood and taking their life force away from them. And I, this is a new role for Cruz. And he actually yeah. does have some, he sports some long hair in this one. So I think you would find him attractive, Gregory. I think, well, he's too vampire pale on this. This is not <laughs> peak gay Tom Cruise. I, I do remember seeing this and thinking this movie was good. I remember Anne Rice, all those novels were so popular back then. And I remember seeing it and thinking, I love that he's, he, he goes for it. Like we talked about like in Rock of Ages, which is, which is in part three and Tropic Thunder. And there's certain movies where mm -hmm. even if he comes off a little stupid, at least he goes for it. And we're gonna have that future episode, Affleck versus Damon, where we're each going to take a side and defend that person. And this is something I would say Affleck does more than Damon. Damon kind of always stays in the same lane. 
Affleck sometimes is like, what the F? I'm going to try this and see if it pays off. And that's what I love about Cruz in this role, because I don't know if he's good in it, but man, he is trying. He is packing yeah. heat, and he, at least he's trying. And I think overall now at 25 years, uh, almost 30 years now, I think most people think he did an admirable job in this movie. Oh, yeah. I think that this is a, a great, memorable film in, in cinema history, actually. Wow. Cinema of, of a book, you know, yeah. of a book series. Okay. Um, and yeah, Cruz definitely deserves much credit for having taken on this this role, this movie choice, which mm. I say is a part of the talent in being a, a rated actor or actress not an un underrated or overrated actress i guess but you do need good movie choices well i think he has pretty good chemistry with pitt in this movie i, I don't mm -hmm. think that the movies that i think neil jordan who directed he also did like the crying game and some other movies i think they could have picked a better director but overall it's a movie that i can be like cruise is good in it but i'm really never going to rewatch it unlike some right. of right it's not one of those movies you want to keep watching every day no, no. <laughs> unless oh, you're yeah. just a real fan Let's get to 96. He has a banner year in 96. He's got two movies coming out that are both iconic in his filmography. He gets Mission Impossible 1 and right. Jerry Maguire, which he gets nominated for an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with Mission 1, because most of the missions we're going to cover in part three, obviously. This is De Palma. This is Untouchable De Palma, Scarface De Palma directing this what how long has it been since you've seen this and what is your remembrance of Ethan Hunt part one you know it might have been the last time like maybe uh during the the time we went in the theater I believe in Seattle Washington but also maybe two years after that maybe on video and then that's it I'm Do not a huge remembrances of this movie fan. I'm I, I I do remember him and I I just I'm not a huge fan of the Mission Impossible films. <laughs> well, so. there goes the spoiler alert for part three, which is pretty much going to be five Mission Impossible movies. Um, I but, think you know, they get ahead. better with time. They do. Eh, well, look, I think I think that in some ways this is the iconic MI because it's De Palma. I mean, there are some great scenes, of course, him hanging, uh, trying not to get. Uh, uh, get the detector to come off uh, the, the big uh, breaking glass scene with the water coming out when he figures out that he's been two times. Yeah. I mean, there's some great scenes in this movie and I think De Palma does a great job in it. I think it's been eclipsed by the last couple of Mission Impossible movies, which people love more. But I think in terms of rewatchability, it's a, it's a very good movie and it's got a manual bear packing heat. She looks so beautiful in this movie. Yeah, she, she is a beautiful beautiful woman all right and yeah i think that it, it does being the first movie that he filmed of mission impossible it's always going to be kind of considered the best one i would think but i do like the other ones a little bit better maybe well we'll get to yeah. that we'll get to that in a second so this is the first time he's going to do a essentially a franchise and really the only time I mean, he is going to do, well, we'll cover Edge of Tomorrow part two and part three, but so Jerry Maguire, your guess of Eyes Wide Shut is one movie off. Jerry Maguire, future episode we'll do, top five movies of the last 40 years, is one of my favorite movies of the last mm -hmm. 40 years. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. I remember seeing this movie in theaters with my ex-wife. 
and thinking that Renee Zellweger was just luminescent because she was pretty much an unknown. She had done like Empire Records in some movies, but just beautiful. Cameron Crowe at his peak. The writing is, is great. I know you don't like this movie, so let me finish glowing on it. The writing is great. Cruz is just charismatic beyond belief. Cuba Gooding Jr., of course, gets the Academy Award Best Supporting Actor, and he deserves it. I think he's great. Regina, Regina King is great as his wife. Jonathan Lipnicki is great as the son. I, I just think Bonnie Hunt's great as the sister. I just think this movie finds Cruz at that perfect place. And he doesn't do romantic comedies, but this movie is kind of a sports movie mixed with a rom-com mixed with a drama. And I think it's a great niche. And I wish he would have done more movies like this. And he he really doesn't. Maybe you can say, no, he really doesn't because Night and Day is more of an action movie. But I think this movie hits on every level. He deserved the nomination. And I don't know who else was a nominee, who nominee that year, but I mean, I think he, he should have won for this. I'll, I'll check while you opine as well, to what, what's actually, your take on him. He only got a Golden Globe nomination. He wasn't nominated for an Academy Award for this? No, he was not. But actually, I do think he won maybe the Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actor, is what it's reading right here. What's he your take not, on him in this movie? Because I know you don't like Cameron Crowe. So what's your yeah, take? Yeah, I don't like Cameron Crowe. I think he's very lackluster. He's very bland. Um, however, this movie has its good moments. Renee Zellweger is very good in it. Um, that Jonathan Lipnicki is okay, but he's somewhat annoying. Cuba Gooding Jr. is good. I th he did get the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Yes. Um, the Oscar for that. So, but uh, Cruz, I don't believe he was nominated. No, let me let me show you who was nominated this year and tell me if Cruz deserves to be in one of these spots, okay? okay. Anthony Hopkins for Nixon. Richard Dreyfus in Mr. Holland's Opus, Massimo Troisi for Il Pastino, Nick Cage for Leaving Las Vegas, who ends up winning, Sean Penn, Dead Man Walking. You cannot tell me that Cruz should not be replacing the Postino guy. Or, I mean, look, Dreyfus. Il Pastino is a very uh, good movie, and the man who played Pablo Neruda is excellent. Yes, and, and I'm sure so many people have rewatched Il Postino in the last 25 years. <laughs> well, you know, look, look, look I love Hopkins, but Hopkins for Nixon, you could have put Cruz in there. And certainly Mr. Holland's opus is saccharin beyond saccharin. Well, Dreyfus is insufferable. Dreyfus. He's Richard insufferable Dreyfus. on that movie. Cruz yeah. could have taken that spot. But you said Sean Penn for what movie? Dead Man Walking. No, he, he's good in Yeah, that. he was very good in that. So my oh. take is, look, you could have put in Cruz for Jerry Maguire instead of Dreyfus or Hopkins. That's my take. He's, yeah, he's I, I, you're such a fan of Anthony Hopkins, so I'm surprised by that. But I suppose. But no, I mean, Nixon was a decent movie, too. So that, that's a bit controversial there. As far as saying that Tom Cruise deserves an Oscar nomination for that. For I think this is his best. Movie. This is his best all around performance because he's got to do romantic lead. He's got to do drama, which he does well, but he comes off charming and he he's funny in this. So when you watch yeah. this and then later see Tropic Thunder, where he kind of lampoons himself, this is his first movie really 
probably going back to, I mean, maybe cocktail has got some humor, maybe risky business where he's funny. Help mm -hmm. me to help you show yeah. me the money. <laughs> There's so many great lines, you know, you complete me, all that nonsense. Oh my gosh. It's a See, great those movie. become like memes now. Yeah. Those are memes for today. May I love you to death, but your your take on Jerry Maguire is totally off. This is one of the most amazing movies. I, I it's not totally off. I think a lot of people will say you, you're saying that Richard Dreyfus is saccharine. Oh, he's but horrible. Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire is a bit saccharine for my taste. Well, that's for your taste, but I think if we had the re Oscars for 1996, I think, and you put a poll out on Twitter, I think more people would say that this movie holds up infinitely better than Holland's opus. Okay, maybe, but all, you know, Nicolas Cage deserved that Oscar. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't. I, he does. he does. I yeah, haven't watched Vegas great. since it came out. All I'm saying, all I'm contending- totally is that Maguire, You totally dissed Elizabeth Shue last time when I told you that that was her best role. And she did win best, or I believe she won best supporting actress, Elizabeth Shue. Look, I'm not saying it's not her best role. I'm just saying that she's not going to be remembered for that movie. She's going to be oh. remembered as being uh, Alice in Karate Kid. Babysitting or something. Like oh, that. yeah. That, that, Adventures in Babysitting or Karate Kid. So we should just make this an Elizabeth Shue filmography. All right. Let's go to 99. Eyes Wide Shut. This movie took a year and a half for him to do. Kubrick going crazy. Of course, this is his last movie. He allegedly was murdered because he gave out some secrets in that orgy scene. Who knows what happened? I saw this movie when it came out because, of course, I had a lot of hype. Mm -hmm. And I saw this movie recently because it was streaming for free. And I think this movie holds up well. Cruz is great in this. He's not really showing a lot of range, but it's kind of like Cruz going through the rabbit hole. And it's a lot of Cruz facial expressions. Cruz figuring out this whole bizarre world. And Cruz, Cruz is afraid in this movie. He's very afraid. And yeah. you don't see that fearful Cruz very often. He's very vulnerable in this. Yeah, film. yeah. Cruz and is so, all yes, that's that's why he's so good in it. And that's you true. know, he has to come home to his wife, <laughs> who's gonna like kill him probably for what you know. Where have you been all night, Sonny? So I yeah, I mean, I think that this is Kubrick's best last film, of course. His best and, last um, film? How could he? Yeah, it was his mean? last film yeah. that he ever made. So, um, it was his best film. Wow! One you of say this films. is Stanley Kubrick's best film. One of his best films. One yeah. of his best films. Yeah. Well, look, I think Cruz. You're right. He typically plays the hotshot young guy with a lot of bravado. Has some has some obstacles, but overcomes it. You know, that's a typical Cruz movie. But you're right. The second half of this movie. He still has the bravado because he's warned by the group, warned by Sidney Pollack later, stop looking into this. But he keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it. And of course, someone has to die for that. And then at the end, we find the mask next to Nicole Kidman. So it's... And it's yeah, and he has so many female roles. Uh, there are so many females in this film that he doesn't know how to, how to deal with them. Um, Vanessa Kirby is in this film. No, no, Vanessa she Kirby, plays, this is way before, Kirby was like six years old when Eyes Wide Shut came out. You're thinking well, it was Lily Sobieski. Kirby, wasn't it? Lily Sobieski. Who was the one who played the prostitute? Lily Sobieski? 
No, not Lily. The little girl. The, the, she played the little girl who 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 was probably owned by somebody else at the time. Her dad but, was pimping her out. Her dad was. But no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the real prostitute that he was with. Um, I believe her name is Vanessa V I N E S S A, but I forget her last name. I guess Vanessa Shaw. She Vanessa plays Shaw, right? Yeah, the one who tells her tells him to leave the orgy. Yeah, right. But she's. She's actually in there with him in her apartment, and he's so close to wanting to like screw her, I guess. But he he actually holds back because yeah. of his wife and that kind of thing. So, eh, sad for this you. Not, no, chemistry with anybody. I think he's a good. This is a powerful role for him. Very no, good. I think he's great. Don't get me wrong. And look, he better deserve uh, to do well in this because it, it essentially train wrecked his marriage. A lot of what you see, and Kidman really is not in this movie quite a bit. You watch the beginning. She gets seduced by the soldier. The soldiers or the sailors trying to proposition her. And then later on, she tells her husband that she had a dream about this. And that's what sets him off on this journey. And, right. and, so forth. and then there's there's some scenes with her. But overall, the fight scenes in the beginning of this movie, man, you can tell. I mean, this is legit and it's not surprising that the following year they divorce well that has a lot to do with scientology i think so well i'm not going to really comment too much on that but. well you're right i mean scientology was was a big impediment in all of his marriages i i just think that they had a good marriage it ran its course you know there was always that that, that rumor that Cruz never wanted her to wear high heels when they were taking pictures together because she's already taller than him right. and it would emasculate him. I can understand that. I mean, I'm six two, but I can understand given his height issues, why, why he would feel that way. But we got, we got 10 minutes left on this. Let's keep going. Magnolia. I will let yeah. you talk about Magnolia because this is a gap in my filmography and I love PT Anderson, but I've never seen Magnolia. I know the basic plot, but he's great. in this. Like he's amazing that. in this. I don't like P.T. Anderson, but I do like this film a lot because of all the different performances and the culmination of uh, performances in this film. He plays, Tom Cruise plays sort of a Tony Robbins type mm -hmm. um, self-help guru guy. Yeah. And everybody, he, he, you know, when he's, he's speaking up on stage, everybody's in awe of him so much. So I think that that's that's kind of a a way for him to feel good, probably to sort of mirror his real life again. Um, he he's terrific in this film, and I I see why he was nominated for best supporting actor for an Oscar. I remember hearing he shows a lot of depth in this movie, especially the death scene with her with his dad, Jason Robards. That's I think one of the more famous scenes where uh, oh the, yeah the yeah that too. Dying. Yeah. Yeah, Jason Robards is another great performance as well. But yeah, I just think he he does show show that depth that depth as you mentioned. But um yeah, he's he he's got a great character arc from beginning to end of the film. It's just a very depressing film, but uh it's humanity and it's the way that P.T. Anderson puts it on the screen that makes it very special and very unusual in this film. And it is a good Anderson film. However, oh gosh, the other Anderson films, I'm not 
a fan. So. Yeah, we, we could definitely <laughs> talk about that later because we got about um, seven minutes left. But Magnolia, he's known. This is kind of a pivotal moment for him because this is like the last time he really tries to do an Oscar bait movie. And I think he was disappointed that he didn't win this because everybody said he was very good in it. And after this, you kind of see his career turn more toward action, sci-fi, and just cruising on the cruise's charisma. So I think it definitely was a pivotal moment in his career. All right, let's get going. I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like with Brad Pitt and Seven. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll have this at the end of part three. Like, who is a better actor? Okay. We won't even have this conversation now. Let's get through the early knots. <laughs> we got Mission Impossible 2. This is Long Hair Cruise. This is John Woo's Mission Impossible, Tandy Newton's 11th, quote, love interest. And uh, this is the least memorable and the least favorably reviewed Mission Impossible movie. I remember seeing this when it came out. It's just very stylish, you know, doves in slow motion. And it's, it's, it's not memorable. It's basically cruise on a motorcycle this time. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a good movie. He, he does have good chemistry, I think, with Newton, actually. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. 2001, we got Vanilla Sky. This is Cameron Crowe follow up with Penel Penelope Cruz, who's a very good actress in Spanish movies and a horrendous actress in all of her English movies, and Cameron Diaz. At this time, he starts to date Penelope Cruz, so he's dating her in the early in the early 2000s, early knots. Mm -hmm. I remember this movie as just being very trippy and it didn't is. really connect with audiences and is not really well-regarded, and I've never seen it again, and I probably have no interest to see it again. It's just It was just too weird of a movie. It is weird, and but it is also the first time that he has two female leads that are pretty comparable to one another. Um, you know, Cameron Diaz kind of plays the the villainous sort of, yeah. Whereas uh, Penelope uh, Cruz is probably the more innocent, you know, angelic. She's horrible in English movies. Maybe we'll do an episode on that, but she's just but, horrible. Yeah, this movie is kind movie. of a, this movie was sort of a throwaway for me. Now, the following year, Minority Report, Spielberg, first movie he does with Spielberg. This is young Colin Farrell, Pack and Heat. This is when Carol Farrell is like doing five movies in one year because everyone discovers him. And he is in this movie. I love this movie. I think it's great. And I think it presages a lot of what you see later on in today's culture, right? He's walking around and he has personalized ads for him. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Anderton, you know, buy this, buy that. And, and it's all based on, on this kind of future that maybe Spielberg knows because he's part of the, the elite. But mm -hmm. I think it, it really demonstrates a lot of the future that we see where now if I Google whatever sunglasses, I'm going to get ads from Amazon on the side. But I think he's great in this movie. When they take out his eyeballs, he's great. The chemistry he has with Farrell is great. I think his wife, they didn't cast well. And I, overall, I think this movie works. I think the ending isn't that good. And God bless Max von Sydow, great old actor. He's, he's great. excellent in this movie, yeah. Max von Sydow. I think it is an excellent movie. I love this movie, actually. Um, I think, of course, it's a lot different from the book um, by Philip K. Dick. Um, but, um, 
What do you I think do, of Farrell? What do you think of Farrell and him? Farrell is very hot in this film. <laughs> and, you know, too bad, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily keep his looks over the years, but he does overall, I think. He's had but, a good um, long career. He's he's comparable to Cruz, actually. Wow, um, come on, come on. Um, in Slow some down. ways. Slow down. Slow down. And then, of course, there's Samantha Mathis. But, or no, not Samantha Mathis, but Samantha Gordon, yes. Um, and those precogs, those three precogs living in the house or whatever, that's kind of creepy, but are also being hooked up into that. Yeah. Those uh, tubes. Yeah, that's it's a great movie. It's a great, we got a minute and a half here. So let's get yeah. to one more before we get to Collateral, because Collateral, we can start part three. Last Samurai, this is Edward Swick. This is the white man's burden movie. White man goes to Japan to help the Japanese modernize. It's very long. I like it because it's a historic period movie. Cruz helps them eventually, Cruz dies at the end. Do you remember anything about this movie? Hardly. Yeah. Hardly. But yeah, you skipped a lot of other movies, so. I did it. Well. I mean, in terms of major movies. All right. Yeah, in terms of major movies. Okay, yeah, this, this wasn't very memorable for me at all, but I think it is Cruz trying to be versatile trying to be different and i i think he does miss the mark somewhat in this yeah, film all right we got a minute left here so what's your take from 1990 to 2003 cruise i i do think he's very handsome mm. he's probably at his peak handsomeness because i do think that most men are handsome in their 30s mm. um and yeah he he should be rewarded for his his different uh movie choices that he makes i think this um, is this is pete cruz in terms of his acting talents his acting abilities mm -hmm. and his looks i think this is fine wine tom cruise and we'll just yes. like, we're about to get cut off may i appreciate you coming on we'll see you for part three okay i'll see you later gregory all right bye 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 thanks for listening to the cinema rag please post an honest review on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.